Versed in the ways of the interwebs, Lindsay Arakawa is the former creative social media strategist of Refinery29, where she oversaw creative strategy and production for social media accounts at Refinery29 and at 29 Rooms. We're in this transitional period where not only are the constructs encompassing career being redefined, but the very ways in which we associate ourselves with said career. Doing a complete 180, Lindsay's found herself in the heart of Tokyo, teaching English, building upon her freelance portfolio, and allowing for creative passions to further unfold. There's such beauty in this conversation in that it's captured someone in a moment of realignment with themselves, when so often all that is shown of one's journey is the end result. Here's to Guts, Glory, and this dauntless lady who I'm very excited to have on as our first guest of the new year. This is New York to Tokyo with Lindsay Arakawa. A quick heads up, we're dealing with an overseas conversation here, so the audio may reflect this. Coming to you from Tokyo, Japan, and Amsterdam, the Netherlands. My name is Lindsay Arakawa. I am originally from uh, the island of Oahu in Hawaii. Um, I lived there until I was maybe about 18 and then moved to the West Coast Uh, more specifically San Francisco for college, and then worked in advertising, um, got a job in social media, and then moved to New York City, where um, my social media job sort of became a career. Um, And yeah, so I've been doing that maybe for the past, wow, maybe eight years or something. Um, yeah, which is kind of crazy to think about because I didn't calculate that until just now. So that's really scary. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing this line of work for eight years and I completely forgot your second sentence so, or your second question. So I'm sorry. Um, how would you best describe yourself? Oh, um, best describe myself. Maybe like, I don't know, like I'm a little weird. Maybe. Is that how I'm supposed to describe myself? Um, uh, I'm like weird and into um, all kinds of music except for country music and um, techno music. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just like a pretty easygoing, chill person, but I move a lot. Hence my move to Tokyo that happened a month ago. And we're going to get into that. But I have a few technical questions first. I'm going to start off first with what does the intuition mean to you? Oh, wow. Wow, your questions are really deep. I'm digging it. Um, <laughs> so um, although the first question was like, describe yourself, it's like not that deep. <laughs> um, so what does intuition mean to me? I think recently as I've gotten older, I'm now 28, it definitely, like the meaning has definitely changed as I've like progressed through my 20s, but I think right now, it currently means just going with um, what you think is right and what you know, and just sticking to it. I think, you know, there are a lot of different paths that you can create for yourself in your life. And if there's something that you've always wanted to set out to do, um, then you should just do it because your gut is telling you to do it. So I always say like, oh, listen to yourself because, you know, you're probably, you probably have these like specific desires for a reason. And so you might as well try it out. Well, now that we've kind of set the scene, we all know that like we obviously have our own personal Instagram accounts, 
but I kind of love to know the vetting process of a social media post when you're operating on a level such as where you were formerly working on Refinery29. Um, yeah. What core values you're making sure you're hitting with a, a social media post and kind of how far ahead do you plan a feed? Ah, um, so I think with Refinery29, um, you know, it was or it is a company that is geared for millennial women who are all about empowerment and diversity. And those values align very closely, you know, with my personal values. And so it was not easy, but it was almost kind of like, um, it kind of felt like I was talking to either my friends or people, you know, like who were very like-minded. And so it wasn't like, I was trying to talk about something that I didn't care about, if that makes sense. And so yeah. um, it, it, it was very, like, second nature for me. Um, so in terms of, like, vetting process and, like, some of the values that I keep in mind, it's, you know, depending on, like, what brand you're doing this for, I think as long as it aligns with, like, the brand's core values and, you know, something that's going to be representative of, um, I guess like just like be representative of like what the message is that that brand is trying to put out. Then I think that, that that's kind of like your North star, um, when it comes to vetting process and coming up with like an account or a presence on a social media account that's going to feel honest and genuine. Um, and in terms of planning things out. I've learned that everybody does it differently. I've done it for clients where I'll plan out the schedule two weeks at a time. Refinery was sometimes two weeks at a time, but sometimes it was same day. Um, I have a lot of freelance clients now where, you know, it's every week we think of something or every month we have to plan out something. And so it's all, it, it all, it all varies. Yeah. And does your intuition play a part in your work? Or was there ever like a post that was like, okay, we're going to do this one. But then looking back, you were kind of like, I didn't really feel like I aligned with that. Or was there a time where maybe you guys had planned something out, but it was pulled? Um, I think, uh, um, hmm, with intuition and deciding when you're going to post something or not, I think you obviously want your intuition to back whatever decision you make or you want it to be pretty strong. And so I want to say like most of the time I was feeling, you know, like within the seventies to nineties about like each decision that I made, um, because you never know, right? Like how an audience is going to respond when you post something to a platform that has zillions of users, you know, like you don't know necessarily like how it's going to be distributed or, you know, like what's going to end up happening to it. You can only kind of hope or kind of get like take an educated guess of how something might do, how people are going to react. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like intuition definitely plays a part um, in this decision making. And yeah, I don't know. I think that a lot of that comes with experience and just you know, having those moments where you do try something where you're maybe feeling a little bit more in the 30s to 50s about and it doesn't go as planned and then you just learn from your mistakes, you know, Um, because not everything is going to be like a banger. (laughs) And seeing that you've been doing this for like a hefty eight years, I'd love to know. Uh. (laughs) 
love to know if you found that there are any limitations that you've come to recognize and say solely being able to communicate a message via a platform such as Instagram. Uh, do you mean like limitations in terms of like what I'm allowed to say? Yeah, just like, like um, how I say it. Uh, in terms of the message you're trying to communicate um, and also the back and forth between the community. Basically, if you had a wish list of what you'd want social media platforms to include, kind of what that would be. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> wow, all of these questions are like requiring me to like think very like, hard <laughs> about what my response is going to be, which is a good thing. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say that I've ever felt limited because... I do like to think that, you know, people are being somewhat honest in the content that they put up and whoever I partner with, you know, to do this kind of work for, I would like to think that it's like wholly representative, you know, like of an honest message. But I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know if I can say if I've ever felt like limited by what I'm able to say. I think there are definitely, you know, situations where you need to think about Going back to my other point about like feeling, um, feeling kind of like, oh wow, I completely lost my train of thought because I started walking around. Um, sorry, but I think, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever felt limited. Sorry, that was like a whole walk around kind of answer. No, but yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think I have. Yeah, that's totally fine. And I'm gonna kind of crank out some numbers. We're finding 29 and 29 rooms with over 2 million followers. And you're at the forefront of helming these two accounts. I'm really interested in knowing if there was ever a backlash received on some posts and in general, how you step away from that community online because you want to leave that in the office, but I know it's on your phone, it's always with you. And kind of how you separate yourself from the work because it is so accessible. And then you have all these people that are continuously commenting or like giving feedback on things that you personally had a hand in point out there. Yeah, uh, that's like a really good question. It's something that I started to think a lot more towards the end of my time in New York. Um, It's interesting because social media, I think, has become so ingrained in, you know, just like our day to day with DMs on Instagram. It's like a form of communication um, with your friends to like make plans or, you know, like if your boss has something to tell you and they decide to like DM it to you because your job is in social media, then you kind of like are always in it. And I think that there were moments where I did kind of feel panicked where, I was like, oh, whoa, like I'm getting so ingrained into like or getting caught up in this world that I think it's important for me to like take breaks or step away. And so before I used to do like weekly breaks from my personal Instagram because I sometimes felt like there was a mesh or a blending of like my work and then personal life, which I at the time didn't think was very healthy for my mental health. Um because I was just like constantly thinking about it to your point. But then I had a really interesting or I've had really interesting conversations with some of my friends who, you know, either have jobs in social media or, you know, they kind of make a living off of their social media work because they're influencers. And it's about what I've learned is it's about acceptance. I think that's so strange. It's like you just have to accept 
that social media has become a part of our lives. And if you try to fight it, then it's only ever going to be like a constant battle if you find that you need to be on it regardless. I mean, like there are some people who choose not to be on it, which is fine. But for the people who do choose to be on it and also have jobs in social media, I think it's just coming to terms with a balance that you have to create for yourself and what you deem is, I guess, like healthy for you. Yeah. Because I definitely hear from people that they have this technique where they'll download the app when they need to post something, but then they'll delete it when they want to take a break. And it's almost, it's almost like a crux. And it's like yeah. if we could kind of educate maybe, say, the younger generations as they head into a more mature space where they will be handling these apps. You don't always need to be on it. You don't always need to be scrolling and not to the point where you're deleting it and then downloading it again. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's about just also like setting expectations for yourself or like setting rules. Like I also have had friends who will like download the app and delete the app. And admittedly, like I've done that in the past too, but it almost just feels like you're in denial and it's kind of like a band-aid for the situation because you're going to re-download it anyway. (laughs) So I don't really, like now I don't really like understand that approach, but maybe, you know, like at night you can choose to put your phone or charge your phone in another room. So you're like, not like scrolling when you fall asleep. You know, I think that there's like small sort of like habits like that, that you can create for yourself that might feel like you're, trying to control your usage or the situation I've noticed that um I don't know like who did this it surely wasn't me but on my phone there's like a new moon setting and I don't even know what it's called but like at a certain time in the evening the moon setting will switch on um on my iPhone and then it'll completely just stop sending me notifications And so, like, I won't get text message notifications or, like, Instagram notifications or literally, like, anything, I think, unless it's, like, a phone call. Um, And that kind of is just maybe, like, to help rest my mind at a certain point when I'm meant to be sleeping. But I don't know if this is, like, a new feature, but it just kind of, like, started doing it on its own. It just happened. (laughs) Uh, But I – yeah, I don't know. The cloud did it. But, yeah, no, that's been, like, really helpful for me um, because – Like, I would actively need to go and check something, like, Instagram, um, which I found that I do less now because, like, it's not, it's not like I'm getting, like, notifications, like, every two seconds, you know? Yeah. When I'm meant to be resting. (laughs) Yeah. I also heard that there's, um, like, a new feature on, uh, I don't even know, like, all the correct terminology, but, like, the iOS for the phone where it tells you how much time you've spent (gasps) on each app. Um. And yeah, I know that like some of my friends have looked into it and then saw that they have spent like the most of the time on their phone, like on Instagram. And so that freaked some of them out. But it's kind of like, like, yeah, I probably use like 50% of the time of my phone on Instagram and then the other like 40% on YouTube and then 10% for texting. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think it's like at the end of the week, you kind of get a roundup and I get like that report. Um, and I've had it, I didn't. I didn't, like, set this up for it to report either, but um, a few weeks back, it was like, you've spent two hours and 30 minutes um, on Instagram this week. I was like, what? I thought I spent <laughs> so much more time on the app. Oh, yeah, because I was going to say, two hours doesn't sound like that much. So no. Maybe it could be, yeah, oh, okay, interesting. I was like, what was I doing this week? <laughs> 
I'd also like to know um, what the online community has contributed to your life. Is there a back and forth? Have you allowed for that community to further educate yourself on subjects? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, people wouldn't be on social media, right, if there wasn't some sort of, like, positive effect to it all. Like, if it was just, like, um, if it just made you, like, feel really shitty all the time, then I don't think that any would anybody would be using it so frequently. Um, but I think, like, with Instagram specifically, you know, like, I have made a lot of really awesome friends through the app. Like, and I wouldn't have been able to do this otherwise, you know, unless, like, the app existed because... You know, some people treat Instagram as their, like, work portfolio. And so you get to take a look at, like, what kind of creative these people are putting out. And if you really like it, then it kind of gives you access to these people in a way that you wouldn't have had before. Um, and so I think it's, like, really great for community building in that sense. And, yeah, I mean, like, I get a lot of my news from now, too. And so whenever there's, like, something happening, then I'll usually always find out on Instagram first. Um and so there has been, like, a lot of education for me as well. I think, yeah, I mean, like, I can't, I honestly can't really imagine my life without it. And that's not a way to say that, like, I'm obsessed with it, you know, like, that I would die without Instagram. But I think, you know, it's become, like, this tool for me to kind of, like, a communication tool and an education tool, um, which I think is kind of somewhat irreplaceable at the moment um, for me. Tokyo. <laughs> ah! Major life changes. You just yeah. upped and left New York. Um, so oh my God, yeah. why Japan? And what was like the thought process behind this decision? Oh, oh yeah. Up and left. Packed my bags and left. Um, it was pretty crazy, to be honest. So my family, my mom and dad are both Japanese. Um, and growing up in Hawaii, a a lot of my friends who I surrounded myself with were also very much Japanese or like um, or Korean or Filipino or Chinese. And I was like always really surrounded by like a strong Asian community growing up in Hawaii. Um, and because of that, you know, like you're kind of brought up with a lot of the traditions that get passed down. So I've always felt very Japanese or at least I thought I felt very Japanese because of the way that I was raised. Um but then it wasn't until, like, I moved to the mainland in 2008 for college, and I started to, like, have this really weird freak-out moment where I started to question my identity. I was like, who am I? You know, because, like, I was just this Asian girl or Japanese girl who got thrown into, you know, becoming a minority for the first time. Like, I wasn't called Asian until I moved to the mainland, which is a really weird experience for me. And so... I, like, between 2008 and, like, 2000, maybe 15, I think I had this moment of, like, oh, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want to become. And so I just, like, hyper-focused on my career for a really long time because that was, like, maybe one of the only things that I was more certain about. And because of that, you know, like, I got a job in social media, moved to New York City to work at Refinery29, and kind of, like, you know, got the dream job that I always wanted and never thought that I would achieve. Um but because I feel like I did that so early on in my career, um, I think that there were other things that I wanted to be able to accomplish as well. Um, and moving to Tokyo is one of them. Um, just because, like, in that time where I felt like I was kind of, like, lost in terms of, like, my identity and who I was, you know, like, I 
found myself trying to fit into different molds that didn't necessarily feel like me. And so it wasn't until like I moved to New York, got a little bit more like stable with my career, felt a little bit more confident in who I was as a person. Um, I was like, oh, oh, there's this side of you, you know, like you have always felt very strong about your Japanese culture. And like, would you move there? And so like, it was one of those questions that I kept asking myself over and over again. And I went to Tokyo for the second time um, with a friend in 2016, loved it, and then couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, I think if you like look back at my Instagram, there's like Tokyo photos I get posted throughout the time that like I yeah. left and then like went again. <laughs> like people were like, do you live in Tokyo? I'm like, no, I don't. I not like, or at least not yet. Um, but then because I was always thinking about it, I started to seriously consider moving here. But the big thing was that I had this really amazing job in a city that I've also always wanted to live in. And coming to terms with like, oh, do I leave my career or put my career on pause to make this like giant move? And that was a question that I probably asked myself for like... I don't know, like a year or two years. Um, I went back to Japan in May of 2018, so earlier this year, with the intention of trying to imagine myself living here. Um, And so when I did that, I came here and I was like, okay, I just have to do it. I just have to try, even though I feel like it's going to be such a big change for me like I don't really know what I'm going to be doing but I just want to be in this location regardless of you know like what my job is going to be yeah um and so I had a couple of friends who are in this English teaching program out here and they both really like it liked it or like it and so I decided to apply when like right when I got back from my trip at the beginning of June And then from there, everything just moved so quickly. And then by, I think it was like September, beginning of September, I was like packing up my bags to leave. And so it does kind of feel like it happened really quickly, but it was also one of those decisions that I've thought about for a very, very long time. Um, Even though like I didn't really know like what was going to happen or like if it was the right decision, you know, like I spoke with my parents and like a lot of my friends throughout the entire process and you know some of the pieces of information that kind of like always or not information but like advice that kind of stuck with me is you know there is no like right decision when it comes to these kinds of decisions you just have to try it out and see what happens and when you do that if you don't like it then you can always move back you know like yeah You just try it and then you see how you feel. And if you don't like it, then it's not like you're stuck. And so that would, those are like the two pieces of advice that I've tried to keep with myself. Like it's only been a month, I think, since I've been here, but it's been really helpful. Yeah. But during this transition, what kind of elements or activities did you turn to, to find grounding? I don't know. I think like activities to find grounded or maybe just even I don't know it could be like chatting with your family just kind of how you navigated that space of homesickness Mm -hmm. I see I think well in between my time of like moving to like moving from New York to Tokyo I spent a month at home in Hawaii um, and it was a lot of family time 
And during that family time, it was also like a lot of reassurance from my family that this decision was going to be okay. <laughs> so uh, I think that that sort of break from work, being in New York, you know, all these other like societal pressures, I kind of just got to chill at home for a solid month. I think that that really helped for me to like feel ready to like take the next step in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to know, how did that go from doing the work you were doing to you're teaching English right now? Yeah, pretty drastic, right? So I, I guess to be like, I guess to be honest, it's something that I'm still trying to figure out for myself. Um, you know, social media strategy and what I was doing at Refinery29 is something that I obviously really enjoy. Um, but I don't know necessarily, like, if it's something that I want to be doing 10 years from now, right? And so I think me moving here to Tokyo and having a job that um, isn't necessarily, like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life kind of job. Like, it allows me to think about what it is or, like, it allows me to focus on the things that I actually do want to do and the things that make me happy. Like, am I missing, you know, like, doing a lot of social media? strategy work on a daily basis you know like do I not miss it and so right now I'm kind of treating it as like just figure your shit out see what you want to do like what your where your interests lie maybe that's in your like past career maybe it's not um I don't want to use the term soul searching because I don't necessarily think that that's what it is I think it's just kind of like figuring out what the next step is going to be um because I don't know what it is yet and it's, it's like a little frightening but it's also, like, kind of exciting because I, I keep telling my friends, I'm like, oh, it feels like it's just, like, one long day. Like, I feel like me moving to Tokyo just feels like one, it's been one very long day because I don't really have a set schedule. You know, like, today is my day off and it's a Tuesday. Like, that's so wild that I have a Tuesday <laughs> off. And then I, like, start work at the English teaching lessons at, like, four on some days. And so it's, like, a complete life switch, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Which is a good thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're so tied to our careers and like we slap mm-hmm. that label on ourselves and just hearing someone just kind of take that step out and they're just at the moment, this is just the job I have and I'm kind of just focusing on life, like me and not my job. Um, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. like really refreshing to hear. I do kind of think that a lot of people are very focused on career at least you know like growing up you always like are asked like what's your dream job and back then it was my answer was always veterinarian but that obviously did not happen but you're kind of like always trained to think that you have this like one path in life that you are meant to take where you become successful at your job you get married you have kids you do all these things by certain ages or at least you think you're going to like I remember in high school I said some shit like oh yeah I'm gonna get married like before I'm 20 and like now I'm 28 and I'm still single you know so it's like that hasn't been like a priority for me and like you know you can't really control what happens in your life and things just happen and things just kind of you have to be able to like go with the flow but then also control where the flow goes (laughs) um but yeah I don't know it is kind of like a nice moment for me to take a step outside of what my life was for so long and try and look at it a little bit differently. Um, One conversation that I had with my mom before I left is, you know, there are different things in life that make me happy. um, But I don't know, like, if it's the kind of happy that 
is going to be like fulfilling in the long yeah. run, you know? So like with my job and like achieving this like really awesome career, um, I was obviously like very proud of all of my accomplishments. Like I really enjoyed doing all the work that I've done. Um, but there was like another part of me that I think wanted to, I wanted to explore in terms of like, Oh, could I be happy in a different way doing something completely different? And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. It's kind of like a balance between people just need to let stuff happen to them, but then intentionally manifest at the same time as well. Do you believe in manifestation? Uh I definitely do. I don't know, like, why I do, but I think that if you put your time and energy in something that you want to happen, then it'll probably happen, right? So, but there was, like, a really crazy thing when I moved to New York City, um, one of my old bosses from like my first job believed in new moon wishes. And so every time there was a new moon, we would sit down together and like write a list of things that we wanted to happen in like our future. And so it was crazy because I had completely forgot about all these new moon wishes that I had written down. And when I was packing up my apartment in Oakland, where I was living at the time, um, I like lifted up my bed and then all these pieces of paper fell out. And then I was like, oh, what the, like, what is this? Like, what's all this trash under my bed? And then I opened up all the pieces of paper and they were like my new moon wishes from like two years prior. And at the top of every single list that I had written, like the top two things were, I want to move to New York before I turn 25. And then the second thing was like, I want a job at Refinery29. And both of those things were like happening at the moment that I was packing to move to do those two things. And so it was a little, yeah, it was, it was just like a kind of a crazy moment for me. And so now I just kind of think, you know, like if there's something that I want to do, like move to Tokyo before the end of the year, you know, like I'm going to do it. I mean, yeah, I'm going to do it, you know? Wow. Yeah. But I also feel like your artwork now that you're not, necessarily on Instagram for your full-time job, you've got time to focus on your own personal creative passions as well. And I love how open you are with them too. But have you found that it's kind of reignited your passion to really get back into your creativity and your artwork? Um, I hope so. That was like a huge intention for me when I decided to move up here and not really focus on career for a little bit. Um, I have always, I like to think that I've always been like a creative person. Like my mom put me in like music classes and art classes from when I was really young. And it's something that it's one of those things that I do that I, it's a kind of not mindless, but I don't like stress out when I do them, you know, like it's one of those things that like time can fly by and then I'm like, Oh shit. You know, like I didn't even realize that I've been, I spent like three hours on this, like one thing, um, just because like I enjoy it so much. And so I don't know, like, the prints are fun for now, and I'm really, like, so incredibly, like, thankful and grateful that, you know, like, people are receptive to it, because it was honestly something that I just did one day, because I was like, oh, that'd be, like, kind of, like, weird looking, and then everyone was like, oh, well, this is, like, really awesome, and it kind of became its own thing on its own in a way that I didn't anticipate, and so that has been really interesting to kind of navigate because like I wasn't even intending on selling any prints um until people just started asking and then like when I started to sell some and then they like would sell out really quickly then I was like oh shit maybe this is like a thing that I should explore for a little bit um 
Yeah, yeah. It, it's completely streamlined into this exhibition that oh. you just announced as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's like a really awesome opportunity. And I honestly did not think that it was going to happen so quickly here because I did, I don't really have like a network like that in Tokyo yet. But a really good friend of mine, um, Waiko, knows um, the manager of this restaurant. And it just so happens to be like in my one of my like favorite parts of Tokyo. And he was like, yeah, you should like put your art up. We started doing this thing where like every month we'll feature a different artist. And so you can have like the month of November. And I was like, oh, shit, like that's really cool. And then so I went up, I think maybe like two days ago to hang everything up. And I'm going to put more stuff up throughout the month. Um, but yeah, that was all like happen chance. Like it wasn't even, I wasn't even expecting that to be a thing so quickly. You're like manifesting on a whole new level. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess so. I guess so, yeah. Have you found a community so far that is easing you into this new life? I have found, like, a small community, which has been really great. And I'm very, like, fortunate to have found it so quickly. I mean, like, it's been a month since I've been here. So I'm definitely still trying to network, kind of expand and see, you know, like, who else I can meet and who else like I can partner with and like do like really cool creative projects with um I don't know I like I really don't know a lot about the Tokyo creative scene and so I'm really excited to like learn um and hopefully become a part of it because I think that that would be really awesome what's your favorite thing that you found so far I don't know it could be like the arcade or your favorite food Okay, so I have a couple of things. Um, My friend Keiko, who I met on Instagram, um, she introduced me, and I'm really upset that I didn't know about this before. She introduced me to this um, pastry called kare pan, which is like curry bread. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like a crispy bread donut thing, and then it's fried, I believe. I think it's deep fried, and then on the inside is Japanese curry, and it's just, like, the best thing in the world, and I love it so, 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 so much. I eat, I think I eat two every week. It's so delicious. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) And then the second thing, I was with my friend Yumi in um, this town called Machida, and we went to go play, like, those um, claw games. And yeah, I didn't know, but they have Pringles that are probably three feet tall. I didn't win any of the Pringles and I probably spent $7 trying to win the Pringles. But that's like another thing that I want to eventually achieve. Yeah, those are my two favorite things. Okay, this is the last question. Okay. This is perfect because since you've transitioned to another job, what skills do you feel that you've taken from your previous years and that can you can kind of easily apply into this career? I think rather than skills though, I got a like a shit ton of experience with my job at Refinery29 that I wouldn't trade for li- literally anything um even like previous jobs before that because that's how I kind of like lit, like built the groundwork for my job at R29 um but like working at refinery I was able to or even just like living in New York I was able to basically 
find this sounds so corny but it's like finding my voice in a lot of um different work that I do you know I've gained a lot of experience I've learned from a lot of my mistakes um so if anything it's just like the experience from my previous jobs that I'm going to take with me into future careers and just life in general because I think the past three years that I spent in New York, I did a lot of growing, you know, in terms of career and just personal life and just trying to figure out a lot of things about who I am and who I want to be. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like I'm in a much better place as a 28-year-old, you know, trying to navigate my life in a new city. <laughs> you just have a very strong, cohesive perspective and I think that's the best anyone could hope for just yeah they're just grounded in themselves and they just know what they yeah. want yeah yeah I definitely feel a little bit more I guess confident yeah. in my decisions which is good yeah this is Lindsay Arakawa Guts and Glory signing off this was New York to Tokyo with Lindsay Arakawa refer to the show notes to further get to know our guest share your thoughts and show us some love by subscribing or get in touch to be featured on the podcast. Released every other Monday, thanks for lending us an ear. Passing on the mic.